Welcome to Chi Alpha. We are in week three of the semester, and guess what? We're not online yet, baby. Come on, let's get excited. We're still in person. We've made it this long, so might as well just go the distance. Come on. We've only got like 11 weeks left. Hey, we're going to make it, though, because God is good. God's in control. I'm so excited that you're all here tonight because I think God wants to do some incredible things in each and every one of your lives in this place this evening. Last week, we started off our Chi Alpha small groups, and I heard that they were absolutely incredible. I'm going to get you to yell one more time for our small groups. Small groups are awesome. Our small group leaders are awesome. So if you didn't get connected last week, guess what? That's okay. There's still time. Although I joke the semester's almost over, we actually just started. Ha ha, joke's on you. There's plenty of time to get involved in a small group this semester. If you want to meet your best friends, if you want to have some fun, if you want to learn about Jesus, there's no better place than the Chi Alpha small groups. If you're a returning student, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, I want to say I'm so excited that Chi Alpha might be home for you. It's truly an honor that you guys come in this place on Tuesday nights. You spread out. We wear the masks. I love it so much. So seriously, thank you for coming. This room is just full of a bunch of people that love you, and we're so excited for what can happen. Guess what, though? If you're new, I love you just as much as I love the returning people. Come on. You guys all just give me a weird look. It's all right. If, you, if this is your first time, seriously, I'm so excited that you decided to join us. Please get that free T-shirt. Come introduce yourself to me after service. I'm not that creepy. I'd love to give you an Air 5, and we can party hardy that way. Growing up, if I'm honest with you guys, I didn't really have a whole lot of girlfriends. You're like, wait, this is a weird start. Just roll with me. So growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of girlfriends, and I think looking back, that might be because I was rather goofy looking for the first part, and the second part, I was deathly afraid to talk to girls. So those two things together did not lead to a bunch of ladies. However, when I was in the seventh grade, I decided it's about time to be on the prowl for the future Mrs. Quimby. Come on, seventh grade. And there is this girl who's in a lot of my classes, and I thought to myself, you know what? I see her a lot. Why not her? This will work. So I get on Facebook, I message her, hey, can I get your digits? Can I start texting you? She says back, sure. We start texting, and then we start dating. But by this, by dating, I do not mean that we went on dates. Lord, no, we didn't do that. By dating, all I mean is we took our Facebook relationship status from single to it's complicated that you got to go to it's complicated. You got to keep her on her toes a little bit. You can't give it all away right away, man. There we go. So you go from single to it's complicated to in a relationship. Now, you would think that this would mean that I, her and I would start talking more in person, that we'd start flirting up, maybe hold hands, maybe act like boyfriend, girlfriend a little bit. But that did not happen. If I'm real, nothing changed besides my Facebook relationship status. My friends would ask me, hey, Derek, do you want to go sit next to her during lunch? I'd be like, nah, I'm good. She asked me, do you want to go on a date or like go to movies? I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I remember one time, very specifically, we were leaving like the, the sewing class, and she's like, can we hold hands? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. We don't need to hold hands. Don't be crazy now. If I'm honest with you, now this is going to sound a little harsh, I wasn't really interested in that girl whatsoever. I didn't really want to talk to her or necessarily enjoy being around her, but I just wanted to say I had a girlfriend and to be able to text her once in a while when I was kind of sad or lonely. I wasn't the kindest young middle school lad, so have grace for me, please. And if I'm just being completely honest, I was thinking about this this week, 
And I think we just kind of stopped texting. Like, I don't remember ever breaking up with her. So technically, we might still be dating. Taylor, wherever you're at, I'm sorry. That's my wife. I'm sorry that I might still be dating the seventh grade love of my life that I never talked to. So I'm sorry. Amen. I think sometimes we can treat our relationship with God the same way that I treated my relationship with the seventh grade girlfriend. The idea of having a relationship with God sounds nice. We like that get out of hell free card. We get to be Christians. We get to go to church when we want. We can talk to God when we're sad or lonely. But if we're honest, we don't necessarily enjoy spending time with Jesus on our own. I only talked to this girl when I wanted to. And sometimes it's like this with Jesus. Sometimes we only talk to him. We haven't studied for a test. And we're walking from our dorm. And we're halfway. And we're like, I didn't study at all. I'm like, hey, God. I'm so sorry, I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know I shouldn't have stayed up till 3 a.m. on TikTok, but I did and I didn't study. I'm so sorry, God, please help me pass. If we do this, I'll be indebted to you forever. Jesus, please help me pass this test. Then we go, we get the C on the test, we're like, eh, that's all right. And then we don't talk to God again until we haven't studied again the next night. Or maybe we just pray to God and we're sad. We're like, please God, give me a spouse. I need them. This was my story. I remember every night like, driving home from school, I'm like, God, please bring her to me. Father, I love you, but I want to love her. And then that cute boy or girl texts us like, hey. And then we don't talk to God anymore because the cute girl texts us. See, it's easy. When we're in a setting like this, we can love Jesus and worship God. But then when we're by ourselves and God asks us to hang out, I think sometimes we're like, nah, I'm good. We like the outside view of being a Jesus follower. When it comes to actually having it change our daily lives and require some work on our end of being with him, we pass on that incredible opportunity. Sometimes we want the title of Christian without the work that comes with it. We're in the middle of our series entitled Ready for More. We're ready for more. And we've been talking about how we are ready for more of Jesus. The first week we talked about how we need more of Jesus in our lives, how we need him to be our savior, how we need him to take us and forgive us and show us grace. Then last week, if you're here, we talked about how we need freedom in our lives over our sins. That instead of pursuing the world for satisfaction, purpose, and fulfillment, we need to pursue Jesus. And as we pursue Jesus, he's going to break the chains of sin off of our lives, and we're going to find fulfillment. We're going to find freedom in him. As we've started the semester, I've been telling you that we are ready for more at Chi Alpha. You've heard me say it a ton. I've told you that I want this to be our theme all semester long, our cry out for more of Jesus amidst the craziness of life in 2020. This idea of ready for more actually came to me during the summer. This past summer, I was doing what good pastors do, and I was praying, Jesus, help me know what to talk about the first few weeks. I got no idea what to do. This is my first time doing this. Help me. And then on my own, I kind of thought, okay, maybe I'll go with this idea of ready or not. Here he comes. But that just didn't sit quite right. And then I was sitting there spending time with the Lord, and Bethel Music had released their newest album. And there's a song on it called Prepare the Way. It was a song we just sang. When I heard that song, I was just overcome with the presence of God. I felt him in a way I hadn't felt in a long, long time. And then that bridge came. Fire fall. Wind come blow. We are ready for more. We're ready for more. And as soon as I heard them singing that, I'm like, yep, got it. I know what our theme is. I know what our mission. I know what our goal. I know what our cry for Chi Alpha 2020 is that we are ready for more. Because God wants to do more in your life. God wants to do more here at you and I. He wants to do more in the world on this campus. He wants to do more. He wants to give us more of himself. He has so much more for us than what we currently have. We just need to cry out, God, we're ready. We're ready for what you have, Jesus. We're ready for what you have. In the middle of COVID, 
We need more of Jesus if we want any chance of going the distance. Tonight we're going to read a story, a story of two sisters, one of which knew what it took to get more Jesus, while the other was very, very mistaken. See, Jesus had been traveling with his disciple or his friends, and then these two sisters, Mary and Martha, say, come on into my house. Let's have a party. Let's have some fun. This story starts in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So if you have a Bible, you can get that sucker out right now and turn to Luke chapter 10. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We have some after service for you for free. For free Bibles. They're good Bibles. Go to the Connect table after service. I want you to take them. I, do, I love the Bible, but I don't need 100 of them. Okay, so you guys take those. The verses will also be on the screen for us to follow on. So Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42 says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve you alone? Tell her then to help me. Martha comes up to Jesus. She's like, Jesus, my back hurts from carrying the team over here. I'm doing all the cooking, all the cleaning, and my sister just sitting on her fanny, not doing anything. Come on, Jesus, this should tick you off. It ticks me off. Martha was probably hot. She's ready to throw hands with her sister because she's not helping her. And this is how Jesus responds in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for this family of Chi Alpha students, Father. I pray that you speak through me and that our students start to develop this real devotion that we're going to talk about, Father, that we see your life come into our lives and just change the rest of this campus forever, Father. We love you so much. Amen. All right. If you're going to get one thing tonight, if you're going to write something on your arm or put it in your phone or in a notebook or anything like that, it is this. You ready for it? Here's the thing. You ready? Ready? Ready for more? No, that's not it. Okay, if you want more, though, you must be with Jesus. If you want more, you must be with Jesus. If you want more, you must be with Jesus. If you want more to be done in your life, you need to be with Jesus. If you want to grow closer to God and strengthen your relationship with God, you must be with Jesus. If you want to make more of an impact with your life and to make a difference in this world, you must be with Jesus. If you want your sin struggles to stop and those chains, those addictions to be broken off of your life, you must be with Jesus. If you sometimes feel unfulfilled, or a lot of times feel unfulfilled, or discontent, or like something's missing, you need more of Jesus. And to get more of Jesus, you gotta be with Jesus. The key to growth and to becoming more like Jesus is to spend time with him. One of the sisters understood this principle while the other did not. Let's spend a few moments to discuss Martha. Martha was the sister who when Jesus showed up, she got all the fancy plates out, she cooked a great meal. She got the best napkins, like the cloth ones that you put in your shirt. Like not, Taylor and I use paper towels, so not what we use. She got the good napkins out. She's ready to go. And this is kind of like, if you, if you haven't experienced this, you know, it'll be fun. When you bring home your boyfriend or girlfriend to meet your parents for the first time. So you bring them home. And you know, like usually when you're with your parents who have like McDonald's on paper plates, then throw them away. But when your boyfriend or girlfriend comes down, mm-hmm, we're gonna get fancy. We get the fancy china out that you didn't even know existed. Your mom makes some casserole that tastes disgusting but looks like it's more presentable instead of McDonald's. They get everything ready and your boyfriend or girlfriend walks in and your dad's like, hello, son, nice to meet you. And he's so presentable and fancy and ready to go because he has to put on their best self. They want to present themselves as great parents and to scare you a little bit as you start to date their son or daughter. 
Martha wasn't worried about being with Jesus or spending time with him, but instead she just worried about serving him and looking presentable. I think many of us fall into this trap with Jesus. We want to look like we have it all together. We put on our best church clothes. We go to Chi Alpha. We don't cuss in public. And we look to our friends like we have it all together. That we are the good Christian. Another symptom of being like Martha is we work, work, work for God. We try to do all the right things. We serve God by not partying. We do all the good Christian things like we go to church. We tell our friends about Chi Alpha. We put some good Bible verses on Facebook. And these are good things. These are not bad things at all. It is not a bad thing to want to serve Jesus and to want to do things for him. Jesus wants you to tell your friends about him. Jesus wants you to tell your friends about him. Jesus wants you to invite them to Chi Alpha. He wants you not to party. He wants you to volunteer in the church. He wants you to go to Chi Alpha in small group. But he has so much more for you than just that. Jesus has so much more for you than just working for him. He wants to be with you. Martha was also probably super stressed out. Living a life of trying to earn God's love and appear like you have everything together sounds extremely miserable. And the way I know that it's miserable is because it was my story. When I was in high school, this was my life. I was so much a Martha. I didn't spend time with Jesus, but I did all the work to try to look like the good Christian. And I was constantly miserable, constantly stressed and unfulfilled. This stayed the same way until I came to Chi Alpha my freshman year and started to spend a little bit of time with Jesus. See, Jesus does not want us to have to scurry around and clean everything up to come be with him. He just, he wants more for us than just that. This kind of relationship is also very surface level. When you're trying to be presentable, you don't share your junk with Jesus. You don't come to him and say, I've messed up big time and I need your help. No, we try to act like we have it all together and show the good sides. So I want you to imagine that you just started a new relationship. In the beginning of the relationship, you work hard. You get up like five minutes before they do, like 6.30, you get on your phone, and you're like, I'm gonna craft the most beautiful good morning text to my love. You say, good morning, sunshine. I love you so much. As I watched the sun rise, I just was reminded of your eyes and how beautiful you are, and you smell, the smell of roses comes from you because you're so beautiful and amazing, my love. Good morning. I hate to break it to you, your significant other probably has morning breath at that point in time. They've got bedhead. They don't smell good. They don't look good. They do not look like the sun rising. But when you start dating, you're like, mm, I'm going to be wonderful to them. You take them out to eat all the time. You spend way too much money. That was my story. I'm like, I have to buy. I'm the man, but I don't have a job. So mom, will you buy so I can be the man? <laughs> you plan special dates. You buy them gifts, again, with money that you don't have. So your parents buy them gifts. You work hard to win them over. When Taylor and I first started dating, I remember this so clearly, there was a snow day here at UNI. And for those of you that are new, it takes a lot for there to be a snow day. It's gotta be like a blizzard for them to cancel classes. But I knew when I woke up and saw the snow coming down, like, here's my chance. I can be super boyfriend today. So I go, I leave Hageman in my dorm. I walk all the way to the sea lot, which is like a 10-mile trek in the winter. I had to get sled dogs to get going. And I got to the sea lot, clean off my car, I drive to Starbucks, and I'm like, I'm going to buy my girl coffee. But actually, I bought her a milkshake, because we only drank Frappuccinos at that time, and a Frappuccino's a milkshake, but that's what we wanted, so don't judge me. We buy the Frappuccinos. I go to Hy-Vee, and I'm like, I'm about to get the best set of roses that I can buy. I go there, and I realize that's not a very good set of roses, because I'm broke, but I spend 20 bucks. I get her the roses. I got the Frappuccino. Then I drive over to PV, and I see Taylor's car parked in the parking lot. I'm like, I'm about to clean it off. I get the stupid little scraper, I clean it off, better than I'd ever cleaned any car in my life. 
and I come inside, I knock on the door. My love, I present to you the frappuccinos, the roses, and I have cleaned your car. I am super boyfriend. Let's be real, that was pretty sweet of me. I was super boyfriend that day, thank you very much. However, what made that day special was not the fact that I did all those things, that I bought gifts for Taylor, but instead what made that day special is I got to spend time with her. And I walked through the snow to go be with the woman that I loved, and we just spent time together. In our story, Martha was not occupied with just being with Jesus, but instead, he just wanted to impress him and serve him. She was more occupied with the tasks around Jesus than Jesus himself. Martha was so stressed trying to please Jesus, just like many of us. We run around trying to do all the right things. When Jesus only asks one thing of us, See, being like Martha is not what Jesus intended for us. He has more for us than just doing things for him and serving him and working for him. He wants us to be with him. Mary, the other sister, understood this. While her sister's cooking and cleaning, she sat down at the feet of Jesus and listened. She listened to him preach. She listened to the word of God from him. She was with her king instead of serving her king. And that is what Jesus wants for our lives. He does not want us to be so preoccupied with doing things for him that we forget to be with him. If you want more in your life, you have to be with him. If we want God to do more at you and I, we need to sit at the feet of our heavenly father and pray and say, Jesus, do more at you and I. In verse 42, Jesus says that one thing is necessary. That one thing is to be with Jesus. We get so distracted by the things around us. Martha was so distracted that she forgot to do the important thing, and that is to sit with her father in heaven. Going back to Taylor and I, like I said, when we first started dating, I worked hard. I tried to be the best boyfriend in the world. We'd plan, our relationship was kind of centered around our dates, these activities, the plans that we made for each other. But the beautiful thing about marriage is that while, yes, you should still have date nights, you should still do special things for your spouse, my favorite times with Taylor are not when we're doing some extravagant thing. My favorite times with Taylor are when we're driving on a road trip to go visit one of our parents, which it, isn't that fun. We go visit our parents. And we just talk. And I just get to hear her heart and just get to hear about how she's doing. Sometimes she'll fall asleep and I just get to sit there in the presence of my, my wife. Another thing that I love about our marriage is our nightly tradition. Every night we get on the couch and we watch The Office. Every single night. Is The Office exciting after you've seen it 30 times? Well, kind of, because it's The Office and the greatest show. But it's not super exciting, even though it's pretty funny still. But the thing that's so special about that is not just watching The Office, but again, it's, I get to sit with Taylor. We get to wind down together and just be together. And this is what Jesus wants for your life. He just wants to sit and be with you because he loves you so, so much. Jesus loves each and every one of you way more than I could ever love Taylor. So why do we need to be with Jesus? Why do we even need to sit at his feet? Why do we want to be with him? He might want to be with us, but why should I want to be with him? I think this idea is illustrated perfectly in John 15. John 15 says this, that I am the true vine, and this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Listen to that again. Verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
what this passage is saying is that our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God is kind of like a tree. So imagine a tree, and God is like the middle part. I can't remember what that's called. The tr- yeah, that. <laughs> God is that, and we are the branches hanging out. The tree digs deep. It gets its roots deep in the ground where it gets nutrients. It gets everything that the tree needs to live. It brings it up, and it sends it out to the branches. If the branch is cut off from the rest of the tree, it will die because it won't have the branches. So the only way that the branch can stay healthy is by staying connected to the tree. And for our lives, the tree is God. According to this passage, the way that we stay connected, the way that we as the branch stay connected to the vine of God is we abide in him. What does the word abide mean? Well, in the Greek, which is the language that the New Testament was written in, in the Greek, the word for abide is the Greek word meno. Say meno. You know, you learned a new language. Hey, I'm glad you came. The word mino means to remain, to tarry, to not depart. So if we want to be healthy, we have to remain with God. We have to sit with him just like Mary did. And what happens when a branch is healthy? It bears fruit. So for the Jesus follower, bearing fruit looks like two things. First of all, it means you're going to live a more holy lifestyle. It means you're gonna make less mistakes. You won't struggle as much with your sins. I'm not going to tell you that if you spend time with Jesus every day and you get healthy, that everything's going to go away, every problem will go away, and you won't be tempted. I'm not going to tell you that, but what I'm telling you is if you spend time with Jesus every day, when those temptations come, you'll have the strength to fight them off because you'll be connected to the vine of God. If you want any chance of breaking the chains or addictions off of your life, you must be connected to the vine because that is the only way you'll have the strength to say no to the inner desires of your heart. And if you don't believe me, Please ask any leader in this room. Ask any one of them, because I guarantee they're all going to say, yeah, I struggle with a lot of stuff, but then when I read my Bible, I don't struggle as much. Then when I stop reading my Bible, I struggle more. And then when I read my Bible again, it gets easier. See, some people say that when you spend time with someone for a long time, you start to look like each other. Like they say those married couples that are like 105, they look the exact same. Sorry, Taylor, you're going to look like me. We'll be praying for her. But this idea is definitely true with Jesus. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we're going to start to look like him. And that will mean you will sin less and less and less. And you will start to live a lifestyle that is worthy of the call of son or daughter of God. The second way that we bear fruit is by doing something that we call making disciples. Making disciples. And all this means is that we take what God is doing in our lives and we pour it out to other people. We help our friends grow with Jesus. So not only will you start to look more like Jesus, but so will the people around you. That is called bearing fruit. You're helping this world look more like Jesus. That is the goal of all this. That is why Chi Alpha exists. Our mission statement at Chi Alpha is this. Encounter God, so we spend time with God. So encounter God and grow with others. Encounter God, grow with others. We encounter Jesus and we help the people around us encounter Jesus and grow. And that is how we see this campus turned upside down is by having students who are willing to count the cost and spend time with Jesus and help their friends to do the same. And this is all rooted in being connected to the vine, which means we must spend time with Jesus every day because apart from him, as this verse says, you can do nothing. But with him, you can do anything, including overcome your sin struggles and help your friends do the same. See, apart from Jesus, you're gonna be unfulfilled, discontent, and empty, but when we purposely spend time with Jesus every day, he fills the hole in our lives. I don't know about you, but when I don't spend time with Jesus, I feel a big old hole, and I've tried to fill it with other things, and they don't work because they're not as big as God. So you might be asking the question, all right, you're like, okay, Derek, I get it. 
I need to read my Bible, I need to spend time with Jesus, I need to abide in Jesus. But what does that actually look like? Well, here in Chi Alpha, we have a phrase to describe this. Please remember this phrase. It is called real devotion. Real devotion. This is one of the three pillars of Chi Alpha. Real devotion, real community, which we're talking about next month, and then real responsibility, which we're talking about the month after that. So real devotion. What is real devotion? Real devotion is when you spend time with Jesus and you're devoted to him and you're with him every day. That is someone who has real devotion. I think the most important thing about having a relationship with Jesus is having this real devotion. The way you have it is by developing something that we call quiet time. Quiet time is just where you read your Bible, you pray, and you worship Jesus. You set apart 30 minutes, an hour, two hours if you're feeling crazy that day. Whatever amount of time it is is not what matters. What matters is just you and God. It's like you're going on a date with Jesus. And if you develop this quiet time, you'll develop real devotion and your life will be completely changed. See, Jesus obviously is not here on earth anymore. It's not like Mary Martha where he's gonna come into your dorm room and say, hey, can I hang out? If so, that'd be really cool, but that's not gonna happen. So how do we connect with Jesus then? How do we sit at his feet? Well, actually for us, Jesus left us this thing called the Bible. The Bible is the living word of God. It's the main way that God will speak to you. Sometimes while you're praying, you might feel something from the Holy Spirit. You might feel like Jesus speaking to you. That happens, but to be honest, it's not super common. What's more common is we have a book that Jesus gave us that we get to read, and that's how the Lord will speak to us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, that all scripture, or the Bible, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if you want to grow closer to God, you have to get to know God. And the way we get to know him is by reading his word, because that's where he tells us about himself. All scriptures from God, it says it right there. So this is like a handbook saying, here, that's how you live your life, that's how you be close to me. Read that and open it, it's gonna give you the answers. We have the answers to the tests, we just have to open it up and read it. If you wanna be equipped for every good work, you must spend time with the Lord and read the Bible. If you want any chance of overcoming sin and being used by God, you have to spend time with him. So practically, how do we start? When I was in high school, I followed Jesus, but I never read my Bible. I remember one time specifically my older brother Daniel, who's the pastor of Scent Church, the church we're affiliated with, he came to me and said, Derek, you should read your Bible. And I said, no, not going to do that. Um, The Bible is boring, and it's for people who want to be pastors or pastors, and I do not want to be a pastor. I was wrong on a few accounts that day. Anyways, when I came to college, I started to read my Bible. So how did I start? How should you start? It's simple. Start with reading one chapter a day. All it takes is one chapter a day, every day. It's not about how much you read, but it's about consistency. You don't have to read the whole thing. You don't have to read 66 books a day. That would be too intense for any of us. But the way that we start is you read this one chapter so you get a little bit of Jesus, but you have to be consistent and do it every single day. Only reading one verse, though, is, if I'm being honest with you guys, is probably not enough because then you don't get the context. You don't get the idea of what's actually happening. So just reading the verse of the day on an app is probably not real devotion, but instead you need to try to read at least one chapter a day. If you're just getting started, like I was as a freshman, if you never read your Bible, do not feel guilt in this place, do not feel shame. That's the same way a lot of us were when we got to college, it's okay. But this is where you should start. I would recommend you start with the book of John. If you don't wanna read John, that's okay. Here's my other three suggestions, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. So what are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Those four books are what we call the Gospels. The Gospels, all they are is it's the stories of Jesus in his life. It's the best place to start. John's my personal favorite because out of those four, 
John was written by one of Jesus' closest friends, so I think that's pretty cool, but it doesn't make a huge difference. So my challenge for you is to start off tomorrow morning and read John chapter 1. That's it. And then the next day, on Thursday, you read John chapter 2. Then on Friday, you're going to get real wild, and you're going to read John chapter 3. So on, so forth. Not only do I think that we should read the Bible, but I also think it's good to write stuff down so we can actually remember what we read. And this is called journaling. Imagine your teacher is telling you, hey, I'm about to give you the answers to the test. Do you think you would write it down? I would venture to say that yes. And we should value what Jesus wants to tell us more than what the test answers are for an upcoming quiz. Because what Jesus tells us is so valuable. And we should love him enough that we want to remember what he tells us. So if you've never journaled before, that's okay. And side note, I know some of you are like, I'm not about to keep a diary. I'm manly. I don't have diary. Guess what? Grow up, start journaling, change my life. I've got like four years of diaries and they're awesome. So there we go. There's a method of journaling that is called SOAP. And I want to teach you it. So if you have a phone, I recommend getting it out. If you have a notebook, get it out. Because I'm about to give you a practical guide to start journaling so you can take some notes in this place. You don't have to, but I'd like you to. So you start off, you read one chapter. Let's say John 1, for instance. This could be tomorrow. Then after you're done with that, you go back and you look over what you read and you say, and you pick one verse that stood out. You don't need to remember the whole chapter. All you got to do is pick one verse. The goal is not to remember everything you read, but to get one nugget so you can take it with you for the rest of your day. So you read John 1 and then you pick out a verse. So the S of soap stands for scripture. The S of soap stands for scripture. That's your Bible verse. So let's say you're reading John 1 and you're like, you know what? Verse 12 fun. So you write S, John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There you go. And then you go on to the O. The O stands for observation. So we got scripture, then we got observation. So you write down something you observe from the passage. Relatively self-explanatory. A good example of this is, wow, if I believe in the name of Jesus, I have the right to become a child of God. And then you could write, like, come on, but, like, clapping or something. You could be excited about it if you want. You don't have to be excited, though. That's completely up to you. It's your journal, not mine. Then you go on to the A, and the A stands for application. So we got scripture, we got observation, then we got application. And application for this text could be, you know what? I need to believe in Jesus, and I should trust him with my life. So then you go on, and you believe in Jesus, and you trust him. This is probably the most important part, because we can read the book all day long, but if we don't let it change us, then it's not going to make an impact. It makes an impact when you read it and say, you know what? That's probably important. If God, the king of kings, the creator of the universe, told me to do this, I should probably do it. And as we apply these things, we'll start to look more like Jesus, and your world's going to be turned upside down. So not only do I challenge you to read the Bible, I challenge you to take what you read and to apply it to your life, and then see what happens. Come on, I like that, A. It's a good... (laughs) Finally, we got P. And the P stands for prayer. Ooh, we're getting spiritual here tonight. So scripture, observation, application, then we pray. This could be your prayer. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me my sins, I love you. Thank you for letting me be with you and for letting me be your child. Thank you for paying the price of my sins. Then you're done journaling for the day and you have one nugget of truth to take with you that if you believe in Jesus, you're a child of God and that you need to probably start trusting him a little bit more. After you're done reading and journaling, you might spend five minutes praying to God. Doesn't have to be fancy, just talking to Jesus, that's all it is. So you can say, Jesus, will you help my parents? Will you help my friends? Will you help my roommate start showering? I pray for my classmates. You can pray for me, 
I need it, pray for Chi Alpha, that's all fine and dandy. Spend five minutes praying, and then you can spend some time worshiping Jesus by listening to some worship music that you can find on YouTube. We have got a playlist you can listen to. You can listen to that as you drive to class, as you sit in your dorm room, whatever you want. And then you're done, that's your day. If you do all this, this should probably take about 20 to 30 minutes. Now, as you progress and as you do this more and more, my challenge would be to start reading more and more. So right now, I usually read five to six chapters a day, so it takes more than 20, 30 minutes, but this is a great starting place. You don't have to read five chapters a day. Start with one. So as you read this 20 to 30 minutes, might be a little bit more, might be a little less, depending on how fast you read, your life's gonna be changed. And that's not that much time. That's how much most of us spend probably on TikTok or Netflix or playing video games. It's one episode of The Office. We all have 30 minutes that we can give to Jesus. Here's a disclaimer, though. It isn't like every time I, spend, I read the Bible and I spend time with Jesus, I leave my office and I'm like, huzzah, my life is so much better. That was so much fun. Thank you, God, this is great. No, some days I'm bored out of my mind. Some days I don't get a whole lot, but the key is consistency. Think of this. If God's gonna reveal something to you, let's say one out of every 10 times you read the Bible, if you read the Bible every day, one out of every 10 days you're getting something. If you read the Bible once a week, one out of every 10 weeks, you're getting something, and so on and so forth. So the more you read it, the more likely you are to encounter the living God. Another thing is God stores things inside of you that he can be used later. So maybe he doesn't impact you now, but maybe a couple days down the road, you're like, wait, I read about this. This is perfect. But if you didn't read about it, God can't remind you of it. He can, but that, that'd be pretty cool. Just remind you of something random. Anyways, another warning. You're probably going to screw up and miss a day. I'm hoping you'll start on Wednesday. hope you don't miss Wednesday. But it's okay if you do. And then you read Thursday, then maybe Friday comes, you got a test, and then you're like, crap, I didn't read my Bible. God's not mad at you. You don't have to wait some time to come back to him. You might miss a day, you might miss three days, you might miss a week, you might miss a month. Jesus isn't sitting there and saying, okay, how dare you? Don't come spend time with me. No, he's just saying, it's okay. I just wanna spend time with you again, so let's hang out tomorrow. So if you miss a day or two or a week or two, don't give up, just start again. There's always time to keep going. You will not be perfect. No one expects you to be. When I started spending time with Jesus every day, it completely turned my world upside down. I went from feeling so unfulfilled and without purpose to finding meaning in my life. Like I talked about last week, we try and find fulfillment through the things of the world, and they do not work. I thought this, that if I get good grades, if I get straight A's, I'm going to be happy. Guess what? I was valedictorian, didn't feel any better after graduation. That didn't work. Then I thought, you know what, maybe if I move to the big city, if I move to Minneapolis. So I did it, I moved to Minneapolis to go to college. I got there and I'm like, I'm lost, traffic sucks, this doesn't work either. And then I thought, if I find my wife and if I get married, I'm gonna finally feel content. My wife's incredible, but she was not good enough to fill the God-sized hole inside of me. So after I got married, I was sitting there, I'm like, well that didn't work either. I'm still feeling unfulfilled. And then I tried spending time with Jesus every day. January 1st of the year after we got married, I committed and said, I'm gonna spend time reading my Bible every day and praying every morning. You don't have to do it in the morning, but I suggest doing it in the morning because then it's the best way to start your day and you've got it already done and over with. You don't have to do it in the morning, though, if you don't want to, but if I'm honest, I think it's the best. Anyways, on that January 1st, I started doing this every single day and I've done it every single day since then and I promise you, it works. I don't say I've done it every day to give me a pat on the back or to say, yay, go Derek. No, I tell you it because I promise you it works because I've seen it in my life. It has brought me more contentment and fulfillment than anything else I've tried. The only thing that has worked is spending time with the Lord every single day. It radically changed my life and God can do the same thing in your life if you're willing to give up 20 to 30 minutes. If the worship team would come forward. 
Maybe you're here tonight, and if you're honest, you feel a little unfulfilled. I challenge you to try spending time with Jesus. Maybe you're feeling worried and stressed and confused in this crazy season. Commit to spending time with Jesus every single day. Let's just be real. I know we're all a little nervous about going online. We're here. We're enjoying ourselves. We don't want to go online. Well, most of us. Some of you might. But we want to stay on campus. For some of you, maybe you've grown closer to Jesus in the past two weeks than you have the rest of your life. And you're scared that if we get sent home, that all of it's going to go away. That all the work that you've done the last couple weeks is for nothing because we're going to get sent home and then you're going to be by yourself. First of all, you won't be by yourself because we're still going to be here. We're still going to love on you. But second of all, here's a disclaimer. You don't need Chi Alpha. You do not need Chi Alpha. I love Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is literally my entire life. But you do not need Chi Alpha to be close to Jesus. All you need is Jesus because he's way better than us. Spending 15, 20, 30 minutes of your day with Jesus is going to change your life more radically than anything else you try. It's going to change it more than Chi Alpha will. So if we go online and you commit, say, I'm going to spend time with Jesus every day, you're going to be okay. Even if we don't have small group, even if we don't have services, you'll be okay because you'll have the King of Kings. Jesus is the key to more. If you want more in your life, if you want God to do more through your life, if you want more of Jesus, if you want help with your sin struggles, commit to spending time with the King every day. This is the most important topic to me on the planet. This is what I'm most passionate about. And it's because it's impacted my life more than anything else. Spending time with Jesus impacted me more than Chi Alpha, more than small groups, more than becoming a pastor, more than getting married. The single thing that has the most positive impact on my life was when I committed to reading the Bible every day. You can grow. God can do more in your life. You are not a lost cause. There is hope for you. No matter what you've done in the past, there is hope for you. God wants to do more through you. However, he's not going to force himself upon you. God's not going to say, I'm going to make them follow me. No. He's just sitting there waiting, waiting for you to say, I'm ready for more, to sit down in the morning, to open up the Bible and see what God has for you. If you do this, it's not going to make everything perfect. It won't fix everything right away, but he will start to work on your heart and you're going to start looking more like King Jesus. To be honest, I preach this a ton. Ask anyone who's met with me for coffee or one-on-one. The first thing I'm going to ask them usually is, okay, have you been reading your Bible? How's that been going? Here's the funniest thing about that. My most passionate topic. I don't know why it works. I don't know why reading a thousands-of-year-old book has impacted my life more than anything. I truly don't. But all I know is that it worked for me and that I think it can work for you too. It's the secret formula. It's the key to everything. I don't understand it, but all I know is please try it because it worked for me. Please trust me. It may take some time to start having an effect. It's not gonna fix everything right away, but over time it'll work. If you're consistently spending time with Jesus every day after day, week after week, month after month, he's gonna start to make you look more like him. He's gonna start to fulfill your life and fill that empty hole. You can take it to the bank. I'll bet everything I have on it that if you spend time with Jesus every day for the next year, your life will be completely different in a good way. I would bet every single thing I own, I'd bet Chi Alpha, I would bet Scent Church, I'd bet everything we have, that if you do this, your life will become better. If you do this, you'll find contentment and joy and you'll become so much closer to God. 
Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know why would I bother to spend time with Jesus. I don't even know if I believe in him. I challenge you to spend time with Jesus because he loves you so much. Jesus loves us enough to pay our penalty. See, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty messed up. I make a lot of mistakes every single day. So I want you to imagine this. God's over here, and God is perfect. Some of you might need to hear that again. God is perfect, okay? He didn't screw up, and he didn't screw up when he made you either. You're his perfect creation. That's a whole different story. God is perfect over here. And then imagine a huge gap, all this. And then way, miles and miles over there is me. Because I'm so messed up. I should be so far from God. I, should, I have no right to be anywhere near God because of how many mistakes I've made. And I think many of us in this room are in the similar boat. But the beautiful part is, is God's over here looking at us all the way over there and saying, that will not do. I cannot be that far away from my creation because I love them. So he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus came down to this earth 2,000 years ago. And Jesus lived the absolutely perfect life. He made no mistakes. Jesus lived the perfect life so we didn't have to. Jesus paid the price for our penalty. Jesus paid the penalty of your mistakes, of your sins, your struggles, your bondage. Jesus paid for it all. And Jesus said, you know what? I don't want to be a part anymore. So I'm about to build the biggest bridge in history that connects you to my Father. Because I know if you're with my Father, things are going to be better. So not only do we have the opportunity to spend time with God every day because of Jesus, because without him we wouldn't have the opportunity, but because of what he did, we have the bridge, the way to connect with him, spend time with Jesus tomorrow morning, we have the opportunity to spend time with Jesus for eternity. If you believe in King Jesus and you say, Jesus, all you have to do is say, thank you for paying the price of my mistakes. Thank you for doing what I couldn't. And as we do that, we get to spend eternity with God. And that's the most beautiful love story on the planet. If you'd all stand with me. Another thing that I think is important is I think we can think, okay, that sounds kind of like a burden. Like I have to spend time with Jesus. I have to read my Bible. Some days it's going to feel like a burden. But I promise you there are days when it's the greatest joy on the planet. Nothing again has brought me more fulfillment and joy and happiness than spending time with Jesus every single day. And he loves us so much, the least we can do is get to know him a little better. We all need more of Jesus. We all need to be connected to the vine. We need to be connected to Jesus if we want any chance of success in this season. We're all nervous about what the future's gonna look like, or at least I am. But one thing is stable, and that is we have the opportunity every morning to spend time with the King of Kings. Let's commit to being a people that spend time with Jesus every day. Chi Alpha is not going to be the, the best show on earth. Chi Alpha is not filled with perfect people. Lord knows it's not filled with the perfect pastor. Chi Alpha is not going to have the best music. We're not going to have the best teaching. We're not going to have the best lights. But what Chi Alpha is going to be, what Chi Alpha is going to be for the next 10, 20, 30 years is filled with people who spend time with their creator. That is our calling card. It's not that special. But we spend time with Jesus every day, and that is how it's going to be for eternity because we know that that and that alone is going to change your life. Let's commit to spending, whether it's 15 minutes or three hours, let's commit to spending a little bit of time with Jesus every day and see what happens. Try it for a month. Give me a month of your life and see what God does because we are ready for more. We are ready for more, but if you want more, if you want more in your life, you must be with Jesus. 
if you want more, if you want God to do something supernatural in your life, you have to be with the King. You guys would go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to ask you two questions. So the first question is for those of you who maybe you're sitting here and you have a tugging on your heart. And you're like, you know what? This Jesus guy paid my penalty, but I, I don't think I've accepted it yet. I want to give you the opportunity to accept his payment tonight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand. And the reason we're going to ask you to raise your hand is not so we can look around. That's why everyone closes their eyes. But the reason is because sometimes we need to do an outward sign to Jesus saying, I'm ready. I'm ready for more God. So on the count of three, if you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you've been running from God and you want to come back to him, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you now. Jesus, I thank you so much that you loved me enough to come and pay my penalty, that you love these people, you love Chi Alpha, you love the world enough to come and pay our penalty. I thank you for my new brothers and sisters in Christ, that God, you are so powerful, that you loved us so much that you're willing to do whatever it took to get to us, Jesus. I thank you for paying my penalty. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. I mean, I'm going to ask you a second question. Here's a second question. This is for those of you who do follow Jesus, but if you're honest with yourself, you probably don't have real devotion right now. You haven't been spending time with Jesus, but you want to change that. You want to try something new. If that's you, what I'm going to do is, when I count to three, I want you to put both of your hands up. And we're going to worship. We're going to go ahead and sing this song again. We're going to sing, we're ready for more. We're ready for more. And as we sing that, I want you to raise your hands and worship. So I'm going to count to three. When I do, if that's you, if you want to commit to being a person who has real devotion, who spends time with Jesus every day, on the count of three, raise your hands. One, two, three. I'm going to pray over us. Jesus, I pray that we are a people of real devotion. I pray that we are a people who spend time with you, that worships you, God, because you're so good, and I'm all in, Jesus. I pray for this to be a community of people that is connected to the vine that is connected to you, God, because apart from you, we can do nothing, but with you, we can change the entire planet. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen.